This is Review and Preview on the Wave, the sound of LIU. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome and good evening. This is Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, back after an absence last week, joined alongside James Montefusco and Kyle Earhart. No Kyle Russo, Chris, Klim, or Mike Dawes tonight. That is correct. We are now broadcasting on the wave, the sound of LIU. That is our new audio link. Uh, we are no longer broadcasting on mywcwp.org. That was our broadcast home for the past seven and a half years for the show. Or I, I should say the past year, if we want to be literal, we were on wcwpsports.org for a little over seven years. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at Review and Preview. We are also broadcasting on Facebook live february 8th 2019 welcome the wave all right guys so um we do want to let you all know that we are still taking callers at the same number that is not changing 516-299-2030 me james and kyle will take your thoughts and questions if you can call from a landline that would be preferred um due to some uh technical issues here in the studio um, all right, so the big game this past Sunday that took place. Um, this was an excellent game at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium on paper. Uh, had you on the edge of your seat there, James. You're laughing already at me. You did. Laughing already. Um, yeah, it was a great weekend for football. The last football game of the season the New England Patriots took on the Los Angeles Rams. The New England Patriots, in a rematch from Super Bowl 36, come out victorious 13-3 over the Rams to win their sixth NFL championship ever. Um, guys, Patriots, are they the best dynasty in sports? I'm really starting to think that because... You look at all the other dynasties, the Bulls in the 90s. In, in soccer, you had uh, Manchester United for a while. But this dynasty has lasted over 20 years, uh, 2001 to 2019. I don't think there's one better. You know, Tom, I, you, know, you make a great point. Uh, can they be the best dynasty? Yeah, they have. They have they've proven it. They've won six Super Bowls. They've been to nine Super Bowls in 20 years. They've, they've, uh, you can definitely make a case for them being one of the best dynasty in all of sports. Yeah. No, for sure. Completely uh, the best di dynasty in all of sports, hands down, um, if you think about it. This was a great game. Julian Edelman wins the MVP, his first MVP ever. Brady was the MVP of the big game four times. And Edelman now finds a way to win MVP in this game. Um Rightfully so, though. Uh, Edelman, it seemed like every time Brady threw the ball to him, Edelman was wide open by at least, like, five or ten yards. Yeah, honestly, the, the Rams had no answer for Julian Edelman. Targeted 12 times, 10 catches. The, the guy guy played one heck of a game. I, I, in my opinion, I thought Sonny Michel could have been MVP. The lone touchdown, had a great game also, but well-deserved for Julian Edelman. If you want to be uh, a little bit more analytical... You look at the defensive side of the ball, a lot of people were calling for Dante Hightower. Uh, this man had two sacks on Jared Goff. The defense was really what won 
than the game. The Rams just could not move the ball. I mean, they weren't in the red zone once all game. You know, Tom, uh, you're 100% correct with that. He could have been an MVP of the game. Um, they, they they played astonishing defense um, that we were – what I was looking for more of a Rams defense to do that on Brady right. instead of the, the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do uh, – congratulations to Edelman for getting MVP. Yeah, I mean, he really deserved it. If you look at Edelman, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the quickest guy. He was a quarterback in college, high school. Um, look, this was a guy who started his career. He was buried on New England's death chart. He played behind Welker, Moss. Um, who else? Uh, Deion Branch when he came back, his second tenure with the Patriots. Um, with Gronkowski in and out of the lineup all season, uh, Chris Hogan not catching a pass in this game. Edelman was really a key reason why New England was able to keep the football on a lot of these drives. I did see a comment earlier today that uh, Edelman went up to Brady at one point during the game and said, they can't cover me. So, You're right. You know, they, they couldn't. I, they couldn't. So, I mean, why not just keep going to that hot receiver that had the hot hand throughout the game? They, they were burning. He was burning him. him. They were double-teaming him the entire game, if you think about it. Majority of those plays, double coverage, still open by like five yards. And, and He's al- smart. And also, to be fair, there wasn't much that much pressure on Tom Brady. Maybe like a few times, but I don't remember him yeah. getting knocked down a few times. Uh, the, Dante Fowler got some nice pressure. Yeah, but like other than that, other than that, yeah. not much. Like yeah. Sue was non-existent. Uh, Donald's not really existent because they didn't stop the run. Couldn't stop the run. What's crazy yeah. was that Kyle and you bring up an excellent point. New England won this game by defense and running the football between Sony Michelle, who was fantastic. He, in fact, um. He only scored. Um, he was he was the only scorer of yeah, the game. The only touchdown. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then James White, who really wasn't much of a factor, because you saw Rex Burkhead was the number two running back in this game. Burkhead was placed ahead of James White. Yeah. It was Michelle and Burkhead. It was not Michelle and White. So yeah. I mean, I thought that was interesting. And you saw in New England they try to mix you um, with that bag of tricks they have. They got Cordell Patterson involved. Yep. Um, what did you think of that early on, trying to confuse the Rams' defense? It, I, I think it worked. I mean, the, the, we all know Bill Belichick's arguably the best coach ever. But from what he does, defensive scheme to offensive scheme, and how he gets everybody involved, it's just a next-man-up mentality that other NFL organizations don't have. Yeah. Like, the Patriots like make these average players into, like, superstars. Or Tom Brady, too. He, he makes everyone look good. If you look at New England's roster, I mean, even Gronkowski now, you know, I mean, that may very well have been his last game. I, I think it was. Um, you look at their wide receivers. Their best wide out is Edelman. You look at their receivers, it's Edelman, Hogan, Patterson, Dorsett. Hey, that's probably that's, it, right? Yeah, I mean, at tight end you have Gronkowski, Dwayne Allen. It's not that good. It, but it, it works. It works. It doesn't have to be that talented if everybody collaborates. They each, what's special about them, each one of those players has a unique skill that you can't say many other teams have at least one wide receiver that has one unique skill that separates you from the rest of the pack. I view Edelman as a move-the-chains guy. Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan is more of a deep threat. Mm-hmm. He'll get like 30 catches in a season but score five, six touchdowns. That's how he is. Hogan didn't have a catch in this game. I mean, the Rams did a pretty good job at taking care of him, Marcus Peters and whatnot, but um, whether it was Peters or Tlaib on Edelman, just wouldn't work. It wouldn't 
work. And uh, Johnson, the safety. Um, it was a crazy game overall. Um, it was a punting game. Yeah. Uh, you know, you were starting to think if nobody scored, would Johnny Hecker be in the discussion for MVP? I mean, very well could have. Uh, speaking of records, um, Johnny Hecker now uh, holds the record for the longest punt in Super Bowl history at 65 yards. And I will say this. Both punters were excellent. Both of them. Both of them were excellent in this game. Ryan Allen, by the way, Hecker broke Ryan Allen's record from last year. Allen held the previous record with 64 yards. You could tell Jim Nance did his homework because, I mean, he called <laughs> he called that right on the nose. Um, and look, who would have thought New England would win the game, hold the Rams to three points after we saw this is the reason why this game was better than the Rams and Chiefs game. There was defense that was actually played. From a defensive perspective, this game was better. This game was much better. You held, um, in my opinion, with Cooper Cup healthy, the best scoring offense in the NFC in the Rams. Uh, you know, Gurley, Anderson, if you have Cup healthy with Woods and Cooks, you add Josh Reynolds, Gerald Everett, and Tyler Higby. That's a lot of guys right there. And, I mean... You made the Rams punt how many times? Like, I'm I, trying to think. I think eight. Uh, nine. It was nine. nine. Hecker punted nine times. Nine times. And then, in my opinion, the, the I think stopping Todd Gurley, whether I, I, in my opinion, I, I feel like something's wrong with him because he the whole playoffs they just he didn't play well. He wasn't him same self. He wasn't regular season. They weren't able to establish the run. That's yeah. why they yeah. did punt a lot. Combined yeah. in this game, there were 14 punts. That's. I think a lot of people were even saying is. I mean, everybody was saying Gurley was healthy enough to play that game, but yeah. do, do you think he was? Do you, you know, do you, people are saying, well, do you think he was healthy enough to actually go out there? Or was it like, it's the it's the big game, you're going out there no matter what you are right. to get us the W kind of Wasn't thing. it the opening kickoff that Cordell Patterson returned it for like 38 yards? Yeah. Something yeah. like yeah. that. All of a sudden you're like, all right, New England's going to go down the field. They're going to score a touchdown. They're going to put the foot on the gas early and you know realistically it didn't happen the Patriots were stalled by an excellent Rams defense yes but New England's defense was a championship defense they were better than the Rams defense in this game New England's defense played all four quarters and, and this four. is this is defense middle of the year we were we were like wow this defense this New England defense isn't very good they they got blown up now by the Lions they were like, wow, this team is a very good. And their secondary is phenomenal. Even though Chung got hurt yeah. in this game, you look at the secondary, Chung, the McCourty brothers, and Stephon Gilmore, who, in my opinion, is now a top three corner in the NFL. Yeah. yeah, They stepped up for Chung. And Gilmore isn't, I mean, Gilmore, yes, he did have uh, an interception off of Goff in this yep. game. Gilmore isn't about just racking up picks. It's about keeping the ball out of the receiver's hands. That's all you have to do. Be a lockdown corner. You don't have to, you know, I like to compare um, Stephon Gilmore in a different perspective of um, Asante Samuel for the New England Patriots back in the day. Because Samuel, yeah, he had, I think he had the record for most pick sixes in a season. But he missed so many tackles, he, he couldn't cover. Stephon Gilmore is the ideal NFL cornerback. If you're a cornerback, you need to watch how Stephon Gilmore plays. Plain and simple. Cooks and Woods. I mean, Cooks, 
had nothing the whole game. I mean, yeah, he. Had, I mean, he had a couple catches, but there were no big plays. None. I just think Goff was just confused by the defense. In my opinion, they just, he didn't look good. He didn't look like the Jared Goff we're used to seeing. And part of the reason why, too, yes, uh, New England stopped the run. Danny Shelton, Kyle Van Noy, Lawrence Guy, those guys, they really did. Yep. Guy, uh, they mm-hmm. really did a phenomenal job. Um, yeah, I mean, Gurley didn't see the field at times. C.J. Anderson was held just 22 yards. I think Gurley had, like, what, 30? Um, 30, 35? 35. Yeah. It wasn't good. It it really wasn't. I mean, <sighs> Gurley was okay when he was in the game, but I don't think they used him enough. I, I don't think they could establish a run with that defense. I think they, they're like, why are we going to give it a shot at running it? And that took away Goff and the play-action pass that yes. McVay likes to utilize. And Jared Goff proved that, yeah, he did not belong in this game. Let me correct myself. Cooks did have eight catches for 120 yards, but a lot of that was in garbage time. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it, it didn't, he didn't really do anything. The last it what? didn't really make that no. much of a difference. I mean, I, you look at it where um, the Patriots almost did what they normally do. They go down the field, they take up half the clock. Everyone's saying New England still played a bad game. No, they didn't. New England allotted 400 yards of offense, 407 yards of offense. That's a typical New England game. They only gave up 260. They had 154 yards on the ground. They averaged six yards of play. It's just Guskowski missed a field goal. Which is surprising, too, because he never misses. Yeah. Didn't Tony Romo call that? Yeah, he did. He did. He did call it. Yeah. They missed the field goal, and then Brady had the interception on the first drive, and then they went for it on fourth down. Um, right, right for halftime, if you remember. Yeah, it was like fourth and inches. Yeah, yeah. So between the interception, the missed field goal, and the turnover on downs, New England had a lot of missed opportunities. Part of it, too. Yeah, the Rams defense stopped them. Brady had an unlucky throw that I think was intended for Hogan. I want to say that first pick. I don't. It was Brady's first throw of the game. Yeah, Br- guys. Brady's first throw of the Super Bowl was picked off. First time that's ever happened in a playoff game for Tom Brady. It wasn't. It was a scoreless first quarter, right? It was. Yeah, because the field goal. Because New England was up three nothing going into the locker room. Yep. I yep. think, and Brady and Belichick together have never scored. Um, what was it? An opening drive touchdown in a Super Bowl. They've never done it. Yeah, I think they said that. Um, which is kind of crazy, but this leads me to ask you this question. Yeah, Sony Michelle looked great, had 94 yards, the one touchdown. Brady had a subpar game, though. I mean, he did what he had to do to win. He he is the ideal game manager at this point in his career. Uh, yeah, he can still throw for 300, 400 yards a game. I think last year he threw for almost 500 yards in the Super Bowl. But he's not going to do that every game now. Was the stage too big for the Rams? That's my question for Goff and McVay. I really think it was. The inexperience showed. The youth showed in this game, and I don't think the Rams belonged offensively. Uh, I agree with you, Tom. I think, um, like you're saying, that, it, that team was mostly a young team. A lot of them hasn't been to a playoffs, let alone a championship game. I think Tlaib was in a championship game. Yeah, he was with, with the Broncos Yep, when they won. Um, so they didn't have that experience coming in. I do agree that the um, with being the youngest, pretty much the youngest quarterback and uh, coach on the field, yes, um, combined ages. I think that that showed a big factor in this. Let let alone the, he, they're both very good guys uh, for the Rams. You know, golf and uh, McVay. 
but I don't think they were. I think the limelight got to them faster than what they were probably hoping. I think the limelight got faster to Sean McVay than anything because on third and 22, I know you're on your own 30. They ran the ball. They ran the ball on third and 22 in the fourth quarter, and what does Tom Brady do in the next next possession? Marches right down the field and scores the, 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 the Sony Michelle touchdown. That's just yeah. a boneheaded play. It's just... Third and twenty-two. You're playing the Patriots. I like your choice of wording. <laughs> Third and twenty-two. You, you, like you're playing the Patriots. Like you have to be aggressive against this team because eventually Tom Brady's just gonna score a touchdown. Like it, it's gonna happen eventually. Yeah. Um, that bothered me. Yeah. Look, this was this was just not. This was not a good game if you're looking for offense. But a lot of people underestimate the real point of focus here. Everyone's saying the league is turning into offense. Everyone wants the new Sean McVay. Everyone wants the new Pat Mahomes. There is nothing more classic than a Tom Brady, Bill Belichick-led franchise that just ate that new thing up, saying, hey, it's still about the old guys here. Now, a lot of people are saying, all right, yeah, if the Saints were in this game, it would have been different. I'm sure it would have been different. There's no way you're holding Drew Brees to three points in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but I still think the Patriots would have won. Anyway. I still think the Patriots yeah. would have won, too. They just looked that dominant. And this was the year New England wasn't supposed to be as good. I heard you guys talking about this on the show last week. New England went 11-5 and in the regular season, but 3-0 and in the playoffs? It's a 14-win season. That's all that matters. It's yeah. all that matters. It doesn't matter how you start the season. It matters how you finish. And New England finished the Rams, they started out the season great. They were 8-0. What did they finish, 13-3? and I mean, look, they lost some games late. They lost the game to the Eagles in the season that they probably shouldn't have lost. Their offense looked stagnant. Gurley was inconsistent. The reason why the Rams only scored three points, and I've been saying this for half the season, Cooper Cup was Goff's favorite yeah. target. His favorite target. He, maybe he wasn't the best receiver on the Rams. I think that award goes to Brandon Cooks. Yep. Yeah. But it was the safety Cooper net. Cup. Yeah. Security blanket. Exactly. You couldn't have said it better. And now, you know, your number three wideout is Josh Reynolds, which all credit and respect to Josh Reynolds because he had a pretty uh, decent game. He made catches when Goff threw the ball to him. Um, I think he had like four or five catches, actually. But anyway, um, you know, it's just one of those things where when one guy goes down, it really does make a difference. Now, you hate to say one guy makes an offense, but it really hurt the Rams where, let's say, you take away Edelman for the Patriots. I think New England still finds a way to win this game. Oh, for sure. Because oh, yeah. what was really key in this game, too, was Gronkowski made some big catches as well. That lob pass on the wheel route. Uh, it was the same play twice. Yeah, it was yeah. the same play twice. twice, and the Rams couldn't cover it. They couldn't cover it. What it really is, it, it for... Uh the Rams, it's the next man's up mentality. All they did all game, they threw to Edelman and Gronkowski. That's all they did the whole game. The, the whole game. At that point, you you should just start triple-teaming them. I, because if they're going to the same guys, why don't you try to shut them down? Yeah. But, yeah. You know, I mean, give that a shot once or twice. And if they burn you with, say, Chris Hogan, well, then you uh, then you know that they can move the ball. But, you know, they, they, they had to do something else on that defense. And I think with the inexperience of being young and not being at that stage hurt them. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it really was an excellent game. Um, but really the un unsung hero of that offense was Rex Burkhead and that offensive line. And, uh, I mean, of course, Sonny Michelle, but he's the guy that pops out to yep. you. You don't think of Rex Burkhead, who had six yards of carry. 
Yeah. You don't you don't think of him. Who is Rex Burkhead? Oh, he was a backup for the Cincinnati Bengals. Comes here to New England, makes a name for for himself. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a Giants fan. I was rooting for New England in this game, and I'll explain why in just a moment. But New England deserved to win this game. The Rams did not deserve to win this game. The Rams, I mean, you can't say they didn't deserve to be in the Super Bowl. They definitely deserved to be. Yes, there was a lucky call involved, but the Rams deserved to be in the Super Bowl. The Saints didn't make enough plays at the end of the NFC Championship game to win the game. You're going to blame the refs on one call? All right, of course it was big, but don't let yourself get into that situation. Your offense should not be falling asleep the entire second half. You have a Drew Brees-led team at home. It was the largest crowd ever, and you still couldn't find a way to put up points late. You blew the lead. You let the Rams back into the game. That's what happened. Your defense stopped showing up. They missed tackles. The Rams deserve to be in the Super Bowl for that reason. The Saints didn't show up in the second half. Um... The reason why I rooted for New England. This is a very interesting way of thinking. As a New York football Giants fan, the Giants beat New England twice in the big game. Twice. The first time, New England was undefeated. The second time, New England was still the best team in the league, and, and the Giants did it twice off of good defense. You hold on to something special that other teams have not been able to do to beat New England in the Super Bowl twice. The only other team to beat New England in the Super Bowl was the Philadelphia Eagles last season. But the Giants beat an undefeated, near-perfect New England team. I'm not trying to change the segment here at all. But when you like that you're able to do something that other teams can't. So when New England plays... You you understand what I'm saying? I also can't can't stand Dominic Sue's guts. But... um, (laughs) Look, I like McVay. I like Goff. I do. I like Gurley. Cooks, they're good guys. I feel terrible for Cooks because he's been a bridesmaid two years in a row now. <laughs> remember, he got hurt last oh year God, when he dropped Tom. that one pass. Right. Oh my God, remember, Tom. February 8th, 2019, Tom Scavetta calls Brandon Cooks a <laughs> bridesmaid. Listen, you. Some excellent work, right? You got to say. I'm definitely not going to say it. Um, But you guys get. Do you, do you guys understand that way of thinking why a Giants fan might be tempted to root for New England? Oh, yeah, yeah of course, because... You, I'm you, not saying I, you I, I like the, the, the right. you, you want to be the, the team that beat them twice, and you, the, the, you don't want to... You, you want to, oh, teams like the Rams, they can't beat them. <laughs> See, last year it made sense for Giants fans to root for New England because they were playing the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sure you were rooting for New England last year, too. Yeah. I kind of didn't want to see anybody, but I definitely... <laughs> you didn't want to see anybody. I, 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 was, more, sense, I was leaning right? definitely more towards... Uh, <laughs> New England. Yeah, of course. Never rooted for New England. Well, because you're a Jet fan and you face them twice a year and Tom Brady, you know, slaughters you. Yeah, he likes to have fun with the Jets. <laughs> um, look, and the thing that hurt the Rams, too, was the turnovers. Not only the interception by Goff, um, C.J. Anderson lost the fumble in this game, too. You were riding him the entire playoffs and he just couldn't show up. And then Gurley's confidence is shot. At that point, Gurley had the first run of the game. It was like a five-yard run. And then you didn't really see much of him since. It's crazy. And people call this guy the best running back in the NFL. I mean, he doesn't show up for the playoffs. Gur- Kyle, you wrote on the script, Gurley had an awful yeah. playoffs. Yeah, he did. Dating back to, like, the end of the regular season, actually, I think. I, I, honestly, I honestly think he was hurt, or there had to be something wrong with him. There had to be. It, yeah. it, it, just no way. He just goes from a 
one of the best running back in the league sometimes, to just average. Sometimes yeah. people will admit there's undisclosed injuries. Like yeah. Brady was playing with a hurt MCL all season, and that didn't stop him from winning the Super Bowl. I mean, nothing's going to stop Tom Brady either. The guy's a legend. You, know? see, uh, you you got to admit it. As a fan of sports, you may hate the guy, like the guy, whatever. You have to appreciate what he's been able to do for the game. You have to appreciate what he's been able to do oh, yeah. with Belichick. Of course, you know, there's been times where they've been caught red-handed. But the crazy thing is they don't need to do that stuff to win. I mean, you've seen it on display. They're a great franchise. But let's, uh, man, and you want to talk about the Super Bowl re- the Super Bowl rematch, Curtis. You know, before this game, New England was 0-2 in rematches. Yeah, that's right. The rematch against the Giants in 46 and against the Eagles last year. Yep. Talking back the 0405 season. Um, Foles finished something that McNabb couldn't do. Uh, McNabb was close. And every New England Super Bowl has been decided, I think, by one possession, by less than eight points. Every New England Super Bowl, all, um, I think it's all eight that they've been in since the turn of the century. We're not including the one back in 1985 that they got mutilated by the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think you're correct. Yeah. 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 It's, I, uh, it's pretty crazy. I do have a fun fact. Yeah. If uh, you guys sure. want to hear it. Um, so you know how, I don't know if some of you guys watch some of the replays, or McVay has his own uh, guy to pull him back when he's going too far onto the field oh, yeah, during plays. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was on the injury list <laughs> because he had surgery for something, so he didn't make the, oh, he didn't make the trip. I knew that's the why the Rams. Rams lost. I knew that's why the Rams so, lost. So, you know, it could be a reason why the Rams lost. Nobody could pull McVay back, yeah. you know. McVay flat out said it. I got out coached. Uh, the Pats destroyed the spread. They were two and a half point favorites. Uh, Brady improves to six and three all time in the Super Bowl. Rams dropped to one and three all time. Um, Belichick becomes the oldest coach, sixty six years old, to win this game. I think he surpasses Tom Coughlin as the. Yeah, it was it, it was Coughlin back in forty six. Well, let's talk about. The commercials were really bad. I think the only good they commercial was good. T-Mobile. T-Mobile had a couple funny ones, but otherwise. Yeah. Eh. Well, I did like the one that had City Field in it. Oh, the, uh, the Avengers one? Yeah. yeah. So it, that caught my eye. Did you guys watch Halftime with Maroon 5 and oh Travis Scott? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, we watched it. Did right? you cringe? Oh, we watched it, all right. Oh, yeah. That, that was a big so tease rough. with the SpongeBob. I was so sad. A lot of people were, were for either? sure. I mean, the, when uh, I wasn't expecting it, that, that halftime, I mean, you see a halftime performance in a Cadillac gets driven on the field. It's like, huh? I just, they <laughs> teach us with sweet victory and yeah. no, there's no, no sweet victory. No sweet yeah. victory, and it's like. And then they, they put on sickle mode. Yeah. It, it, it was a little disappointing, um, but some of the ads. Understatement. Some of the ads were a little bit of an interesting Understatement. moment. Understatement. I mean the Bud Light where um where he gets uh killed by who was it? Um You see, they were so bad I don't even remember yeah. any. I remember the big one where they were dancing around in like a ballroom or something and they were like tackling people. 
That was a great one. Yeah, and apparently there was one with Barkley too. Yeah, I don't. Oh, remember. that was the NFL, the NFL one, yeah. which yeah. was really funny. That, with everyone's yeah. tackling each other. Yeah, yep. yeah, that was funny. And was then funny. Um, Odell with that one-handed catch. I think it was thrown by Mahomes. I don't know. I couldn't really see that one. Um, but uh, then I think the whole I saw somewhere that Michael Strahan has his own clo- uh, line of clothes, and I think he did most of. The, the close, if I'm not mistaken. But what about halftime? Like, I wasn't impressed by halftime either, though. No. I mean, it was okay. It was okay. It was like whatever, because like people were bummed out by a three nothing score. Like, are 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 you kidding? For the for for the average fan that doesn't really watch football and just watch the Super Bowl, they probably hated this game. Yeah. Because they they want to see high scoring and a fun game. For them, it's probably boring. But for people like us, people like Russo, this was a good game, guys, fans, listeners. This was a good football game despite being low scoring yeah. if you know the game you know this was a good game yeah, it because it, it came down to the last possession but you also have to look at it from a fan was our line missed the kick Craig the leg the Rams had a shot a James. fan at um a different perspective you're like oh I want it so high high offense I yeah. want to keep the game moving that some fans don't enjoy a defensive game like some of us in the studio does you know, I think it depends on who's watching the fan take, and I think it also depends on the commercials and the halftime performance. Yeah. Because, really, a lot of people watch it for the commercials, yep. and then a lot of people also watch it for the halftime performance. And if they're both disappointed in that, they're not going to continue to watch the game, in my eyes. Yeah, that was definitely one of the worst halftime performances I've ever seen. Yeah, I think I got more food during the halftime performance Same. than I sat there, <laughs> you know. To, uh, to finalize these championships... Uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have more championship appearances than 97 sports franchises. Since 2001, the town of Boston and the New England area have 12 championships in the Big Four. The New England Patriots won the Super Bowl in 2001, 2003, 2004. The Red Sox also won the World Series. In 2004, the Red Sox won the World Series in 2007. The Boston Celtics won the NBA title in 2008. The Bruins won the Stanley Cup in 2011. The Red Sox won the World Series again in 2013. The Patriots won the Super Bowl in 2014, 2016, and 2018. And the Red Sox won the World Series again this year. 12 championships. The only years since 2001 that the town of Boston has not won a championship in any of the big four, 2002, 05, 06, 09, 10, 12, 15, 17. That's eight years in the last 18. Lucky them. I haven't seen my team win uh, since I've been alive. Uh, With Kyle Earhart's comment right there, (laughs) this leads me into my next point. A four-month-old baby, I'm really sorry, Kyle. In New England. In New England, has seen more championships than a 45-year-old Mets, Knicks, Jets fan. And that is exactly what Kyle Earhart is. Yeah. I'm 22 years old, haven't seen the Islanders, Jets, Mets, Knicks. I haven't seen any of them win. So... It's tough being you guys know there. that my MVP pick was Brady, as I voted in the Instagram poll. In fact, yes, you did. Instagram voters, thank you very much for voting. 55% of you picked New England. Um, 
But the real question, was Tony Romo the real MVP of this game? He did call the game, and he, he did a pretty darn good job. He made some good calls. He predicted some plays again. Um, I really liked what I saw. Does this transition into a potential head coaching gig, or does Romo stay up in the booth long term? I, I really think Romo loves being up in the booth. I don't know how he feels about coaching because, you know, we don't know. But he DC, he does a great job in the booth with Nance. And them two just click. And they complement each other very yeah, well. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, he could stay up in the booth for a few more years, but I think eventually he'll miss that field. I think he'll miss teaching the younger guys. And it, if since he's excelling at the broadcasting, I, I don't see him as a head coach right away, but I see him as like a quarterback's coach or assistant coach. Yeah. And maybe move up the ranks. Yeah. You know? I was thinking that too, potential quarterback's coach. Remember, guys, you can call in with your questions, thoughts, comments, 516-299-2030. Take part in our live show. Um, I originally picked New England to win 34-31. James, you had the Rams 27-21. Final question on this segment. Fun fact, the last quarterback to throw a touchdown pass in a Super Bowl, Nick Foles. Final thoughts. Oh, the Jacksonville Jaguar Nick Foles soon to be? I'm Ooh, just kidding. Uh, the buyout is happening, yes, right? Yeah. No more Nick Foles in Philly. That's what it sounds like. That's what yeah. it sounds like right now, barring um, a mystery. On that note, any final thoughts? The NFL season coming to a close? It was a game. I mean, it was a game. I, oh, gee. I don't know if people thought it was going to be a 3 to nothing score at the end yeah, of one. I, oh, um, before we move on, there another quick little fun do you fact. really i do let's hear it so i believe some guy put down 250 dollars of the score yes, ending yes. of three to nothing before half he comes out with over a hundred it was it was he put down 250 dollars for the rams to score three points in the super bowl end up walking away with 250 yeah, yep. i actually I, I had a couple side bets in that game too so um does if you want to let us know how you did, that'd As the be great. Phone is lighting up, uh, but yeah, Kyle. You know, I, I know there were a couple of side bets taking place in this game. Yeah. It, the side bets kind of made the game because there wasn't much going on. So it, if you're just betting some like innocent money with your friends and stuff, like it kind of added more life to the game. Uh, like, uh, dude, I, 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 every year I'm always in the uh, the uh, the big like square boxes. So the, this year, my uncle, my uncle's in it for the uh, CYO league that we're in. He ended up winning three hundred seventy-five dollars because he won the he got the final score and he got the third quarter. Three hundred seventy-five dollars just putting what, twenty bucks in on the on the boxes. Listen, that's nice. That's insane. It's insane. So, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, commercials stunk, but you know, I don't know about you, Tom. I don't know if you thought about the Super Bowl, but overall, the. Uh, overall the whole Super Bowl so uh at this time we actually do have a caller caller please state your name and where you are from oh hey Tom long time no, uh long time no speak Jason from Plainview how's it going Jason pretty good Tom I've been listening to your uh, show for a couple days now um I was listening to your takes on uh, the Super Bowl and you thought that was a good football game that kind of surprised me um, yeah, so the reason why I thought it was a good football game was because, I mean, Kyle, I, I, I know we brought it up earlier in this segment, 
The reason why I thought it was a good football game was it came down to the last, you know, few minutes of the game, um, you know, con- considering there have been uh, games at this stage in the past where they've kind of been blowouts. Like, for example, the Denver-Carolina Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. I mean, why? You, were, uh, were, were you on the uh, cusp that it wasn't? Personally, I thought that it was a terrible game. Yeah. Um, it was not offensive at all. It was not entertaining. As a football fan, as a fan of the game in general, regardless of the two teams, I just could not be, like, invested into the game. You Bored know? a little bit. Like, if they had scored a few more points, I could have been more invested into it. It was just boring. Yeah. I mean, look, at times, I'll admit, I was bored at times. Yeah. Punt, you know, three and out. Um, three and out, punt, three and out, punt. Yeah. The entire game. For, for me, though, I, I, I just like watching good defense. It's it's what I'm used to. I like watching the when the Jets made the AFC Championship game. I just like watching a good defensive battle. And I, that's why I liked it because the, the defense was just – both teams' defense were pretty good. Fun fact about Jason Glickman from Plainview. Uh, Jason, I'll get to your point in just a second. Jason was the engineer of our very first podcast back on March 16th of last year. Do you do you remember that, Jason? Very definitely so. Any uh, any other thoughts you had on this game? Well, I just it was very different from what I was expecting. You know, this whole year, yeah, it's been like offensive blow up or those teams like the Chiefs Rams game that was on that Monday. They uh. It was like fifty four fifty one. Right. I would back. Yeah. Um, that would have been I feel like if we had the Chiefs and the Rams or the Chiefs and the Saints, it would have been more higher scoring. But even a game in the twenties, like I really wouldn't have minded either if it was like the Chiefs and the Saints, something like that, or the yeah. Chiefs and the Rams, whatever it was. Um, what was the over under forty five? I think it was I think so, 50, around that. No, I think it was fifty two for this oh. game. It was fifty two and clearly that, it was nowhere was close. Tight. Yeah. Nowhere close. I got a question for you. Are you a more uh, defensive guy to watch the games or more of an offensive guy? Who, Jason? Yeah. No, you just said offense. I'd like to see some offense. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to see a 13 to 3 game on the biggest night of the year. I definitely agree with you there. Um, like, I don't disagree with what you're saying, Jason. I just, I just, I honestly think, like, you know, it was, it was a competitive game. I mean, you could say it was a competitive game, right? Yeah. Jared Goff was lost. Yeah, yeah he, he looked, was. He looked confused. He was. He did look very confused in that game. He looked like a lost puppy. Yeah. Jason, any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, it's a beautiful night, Tom. Enjoy. Good night. All right. Thank you very much, Thanks, Jason. Jason. That was Jason Glickman from Plainview, New York. Jason, thank you very much. I was going to say to have him call back in the next segment, but on that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we'll go over some of the NFL awards of 2018. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good evening. And welcome back to Review and Preview, folks, on liuwave.org. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Kyle Earhart, James Montefusco. You know, it's weird not having that bumping music for our intro um, anymore. Yeah. 
Sorry I missed that. that. Um, we will. Uh, we're probably gonna experiment with some different intro music. So uh, if you want to hear our intro and what we have for you next week, we'll probably use the same bed. Maybe in a few weeks from now, we'll change some things up for you. Um, all right. So the NFL awards. Um, look, the biggest news I think is Pat Mahomes winning the MVP at the age of 23. Um, you know, especially a guy at this age, the same age as myself and James. <laughs> At 23, um, not only winning the MVP, but Offensive Player of the Year. That typically doesn't happen. They usually don't double up like that. But Mahomes just blew everybody out of the water this year. 50, over 50 touchdown passes. I mean, this kid was great, and it was well-deserved because, you know, this guy sat behind Alex Smith last year, um, you know, and he did not play. Um, I mean, he played at Texas Tech, which is not the biggest college football school. I mean, it's pretty respectable. But, um, man, he led the NFL in touchdown passes, offensive player of the year, first-team All-Pro. He made the Pro Bowl. He was the Pro Bowl offensive MVP. 50 touchdowns, 13 picks, which isn't bad at all for a guy his age. A 66% completion percentage, 111.7 passer rating. And over 5,300 yards through the air. Just you, can or, you can order some FedEx. Man, he, he go, throws fast. He, he was just unstoppable, I mean, for, for what he's done all season. Um, you look at those numbers, and you wouldn't expect that. I mean, also the weapons he has. He had Kareem Hunt. He also had Tyreek Hill, arguably one of the best wide receivers. Kelsey, top two wide receiver, uh, top two tight end in uh, football. So Fun fact for our review and preview listeners and watchers freshman year at texas tech pat mahomes was the backup for who i'm gonna give you a guess is he an nfl quarterback yes huh you want me to tell you yeah it's got to be a backup or something patrick mahomes freshman year of college he was the backup quarterback at texas tech for Davis Webb. Webb. Oh. This was before Webb transferred to California. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? And we have Davis Webb on a backup quarterback. Oh gosh, dude, we're sitting pretty. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I mean, you know, well-deserved MVP. Could have maybe made an argument with Drew Brees, but Mahomes clearly better season than Drew Brees. So. Um. Yeah, I mean, you really can't argue with Mahomes winning the MVP. It's crazy how it, it's not about where you start. It's about what you do when you're given that opportunity and embracing it. You know, I mean, Tom Brady, sixth-round draft pick. I mean, Michigan wants to put up a statue now. Um, it's pretty crazy what he's been able to do throughout his career. Maybe Pat Mahomes is the next one. Let's see. Um, other awards, Saquon Barkley wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Well-deserved. I think there were a couple of guys that were considered for that award that you easily could have given it to. But, um, yeah, I think, I think but, most of us on the show last week picked Baker to win because he's a quarterback. I Barkley think. said he knew he was going to win it all along. That's why he made the bet with Baker as a friendly bet. But Barkley won by 0.3%. Yeah. It was close. It was, was close. It definitely should have been close because both had a fantastic year. Well, both definitely deserved it, if oh, you yeah. ask me. Both of them deserved it. I mean, you really you really can't be too disappointed no. between who wins the award. But Barkley, man, what he did this season, over 2,000 yards from scrimmage as a rookie at 21 years old, the rushing yards. I know you're sick of hearing this at this point, but, I mean, the fact of the matter is 
He was fantastic. He was tantalizing. He was extreme. He was excellent. Should I say anything more? That's a lot of adjectives, Tom, to describe yeah, it. It is a lot them. of adjectives. Um, and in my opinion, next year, if you're a fantasy football owner, Saquon Barkley goes number one overall. Could be a case for that, yeah. If the Giants get a good center next year and maybe more depth at the tackle position, man, let me tell you something. I'm still picking Zeke over uh, Saquon. That's Ew. my opinion. That's my opinion. Ew. I think Zeke's better Ew. than Saquon. What? What do you mean? Look at Zeke's stats. Running backs always go downhill after he the first year. He has like five. Always. Zeke, always. Zeke has five refrigerators with legs in front of him. Okay. That, 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 but that, that's Barkley great. This year had almost nothing the first eight weeks. I'm still he taking routes Zeke. from self. I'm How still can taking you take Zeke? Zeke over Barkley. I'm still taking He's Zeke. just salty because he didn't get Barkley. He has know. Darnold that didn't do what Darnold was supposed to be doing. It's you know, I mean, the Jets don't need a running back. They just need a quarterback. So I'm not mad that we don't have Barkley. Hey, Darnold. Da-da-da-da. Barkley had 15 combined touchdowns this season. 91 catches. 91. The leading receiver for the Giants. Just imagine when he has Dwayne Haskins in the backfield next year. He'll have more touchdowns, right? No, not happening. <laughs> oh, sorry, Kyler Murray. Sorry, how could I forget? He that? did not fumble the ball once all season. He did not fumble the ball. Barkley did not turn the ball over once this season. Baker Mayfield did not have any turnovers this season. He, didn't, I, yeah, he, did. he did not have none, is what I should say. <laughs> Well, well, because he's a quarterback, Tom. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about fumbles. Oh, okay. he, he, he had okay. fumbles. Okay, what did he say? He lost balls. Um, <laughs> Baker, a small guy, he was excellent. Um, Baker, fun fact about Baker, he started out at Texas Tech as well. Davis Webb, Pat Mahomes. What is it with these Texas Tech quarterbacks that transfer? To bigger schools. Well, Mahomes didn't transfer. He stayed there. But, I mean, you get the point. Cliff Kingsbury effect. Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> dude. That's why he's, in, that's oh, why he's coaching man. Arizona now, right? Baker Mayfield this season, 27 touchdown passes, 3,700 passing yards. He was good. He was very good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to what he can do next year. Um, but also, like, the Brown starter. for the d- defense work of the year, I mean, Leonard clearly – in my opinion, the out yeah. favorite to win it. Darius like, it Leonard, close. he led he led the league in tackles. Yeah, and he didn't make the uh, Pro Bowl for some reason. Some reason didn't make the and, Pro Bowl. And uh, Leighton Vanderesh did how over Darius Leonard? America's team, you know that. Jesus. Um. Yeah, six two two thirty five, a good build. Um, first team All Pro, NFL tackles leader. Yep. Defensive Rookie of the Year. He made tackles left and right. He was the one that came out and said, I'm going to get 40 tackles against the Giants. Yeah, I remember that. He had 11. Not quite 40. but I mean, getting 40 tackles in a game is pretty difficult to do. <laughs> I remember uh, man can dream. when Jonathan Vilma had 26 in one game for the Jets, I think. Um, yeah. Leonard out of South Carolina State. Again, not a huge name school for football. So it's crazy what these guys do. Darius Leonard is going to be a key piece of that Colts defense moving forward, and part of the reason why the Colts are potential um, Super Bowl contenders next season with uh, the Chiefs and the Pats in the in the AFC. 
They're great. Andrew Luck. Yeah. yeah. And he's back. Wins comeback player of the year. You could attract a free agent or two. Maybe could, Bell or Brown, you know, could happen. It could. I, I could definitely see them getting Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. And just that offense just being unstoppable. T.Y. Hilton, Le'Veon Bell, my goodness. Do they have the cap space? Oh, they, they, I think they have not as much cap space as the Jets, but they, they have a decent amount where they could sign Bell. Defensive player of the year, since we're on defense, was Aaron Donald. Um, you know, I think the debate was either Donald or Khalil Mack. But yes. Aaron Donald did something at his position that nobody's been ever able to do. He he's he's fantastic. I mean, he's I, you can make the argument he's the best defensive player in football. He's uh, been with the Rams his whole career. I mean, yeah, you got to throw Mac in there, but of you can definitely make the argument that Donald's the best. You could five-time Pro Bowler already, fifty-nine and a half sacks through five years. Um. About 60 games or he's, so. He's almost halfway to LT's record. Um, wow. Didn't um, Darnold almost uh, break one of Strahan's records this season? Yeah, he almost was broke the sack, sack record, record for most sacks in a season, which yeah. he, he didn't do. But um, he came awfully close. I think his final total was 20 and a half. Strahan had 22 and a half. Yes. 20 and a half. Still stand strong, Mike. That gap tooth. That's what did it. I love him. I love seeing him. Yeah, Donald's just 27 years old still. Um, yeah, no, he's a good guy. He's had, since being in the NFL, the lowest amount of sacks he had in a season was eight. Eight. What year, what year was that? Last last year. Jeez. He, turned, he, he stepped his game up then tremendously. He I had mean, 41 quarterback hits this season. I mean, it also helps when you have, like, Nominee Kasu, like you Dante know, Fowler, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, Littleton, Abuzakum, yeah. That, that, just, that, that helps your case too. Yeah, no, he was great. Um, we talked about Andrew Luck winning comeback player of the year, rightfully so. This was a guy who did not play in the previous year. The Colts were four and twelve. They just got a new head coach in Frank Reich, who was definitely an honorable mention. He was definitely a top. 10 coach in the league this season if you ask me he brought the Colts from 1 and 5 to 10 and 6 that's not just luck that's not just luck and luck you get what I'm saying luck and good fortune uh, thanks Tom <laughs> yeah <laughs> double luck's not bad no I just don't want to get crossed over exactly um, the offensive line got so much better they fixed up the defense a little bit they and, found a little budding star in Marlon Mack yeah, who had a great yeah. year who I think should be the starter next year, even though they're probably going to go bigger. But I think Mac, I'd be content with Mac starting. And again, this is without Jack Doyle. You want to talk about Eric Ebron, who steps who in, had a huge, had year. a phenomenal season. Eric Ebron, top five tight end in football now. Yep. All of a sudden, yes, yeah. he always had the potential. He always had it. He has the height. He, he's like a freight train running at you. He had 13 touchdowns this season. Yeah, he's I'm pretty sure that led tight ends in touchdowns. Yeah, what's so. what's his height and weight, Tom? He, he, he's got to be like six four, six four, and probably around two twenty. Jeez, that's like a freight train running yeah, at free, you, Tom. Yeah. Can you imagine that, Eric Ebron running at you? What do you do, Tom? Defense. I cancel the show. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you like that one? Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Um. I really thought Ebron was great this year, in addition to uh, T.Y. Hilton doing a nice job with Gronkowski probably retiring. You have, like, the trio of tight ends now. It's Kelsey, and then I think the next two after that are Eric Ebron, 
and George Kittle. Yeah, and I guess Zach Ertz, of course. But yeah. Ebron and Kittle are on the rise, man. They're really on the rise. Listen, uh, it, if what we saw this season out of them next season, forget about it. Yeah. You know? I think George Kittle is going to be really, really, really good. He just needs to get out of San Francisco. And he played, he played without Jimmy G. Yeah, but you got to give Garoppolo a chance next year. Oh, to yeah, I know. Yeah. Because the Cardinals are going to be awful again. And then the Seahawks, you know, I feel like they kind of, yeah, they played well. But, I mean, with Garoppolo going down, that definitely helped their odds. I think the 49ers got a shot next year to win some more games. Garoppolo's got to stay healthy. Yeah, that's the big problem, too. Uh, we'll see if that happens. And then, of course, Chris Long wins Walter Payton Man of the Year, donates his entire 2018 salary to charity. Uh, look, this was great. I mean, when you do that, you pretty much locked yourself, guaranteed to do it. Why even yeah. have a selection from every team? Just give it to Chris Long. Or could been J.J. Watt, too, because what J.J. Watt does with his community down in Houston, you know. Yeah. But obviously donating your whole salary, to just that's just he's uh, awesome. and then he also does this chair um he's done i forget what country it is for cr- fresh water i think he brought a few of his teammates down um i saw on the little clip when yeah. i was watching i think that he brought a few of his teammates down and uh you know he's trying i think he's trying to give fresh water to countries that don't have access to fresh water which is great right i mean look when you're howie long's song that's huge shoes to fill in but um, long at 33 years old, um, he's been around for a while now, since 2008. Um, started out his career on a mediocre Rams team from 08 to 2015, and then all of a sudden wins the Super Bowl two years in a row with New England and Philly, and then makes the playoffs again this year with the Eagles. So, hey, two-time Super Bowl champ, Walter Payton, man of the year. Give credit where credit is due. Oh, yeah. Um that's off to him. Yeah, for sure. Um, other stuff, you know, looking into the NFL, um, any, like, final thoughts on the NFL season as a whole? I'm actually surprised, Tommy, didn't bring up that you predicted for Matt Nagy to win Coach of the Year. I'm surprised yes. you didn't bring that up knowing you. You like, always like to be right. You brought it up last week uh, yes, on the I show. Did. I, I right. brought it up two weeks ago. Yep. Ha-ha. No, no, you're um, right. I, I agree with the you. punch. I mean, you, you, you deserve credit as well. That was your first uh, guess. Guys, how could it not be Matt Nagy? Yeah, you took the Bears from four and twelve, five and eleven to twelve and four, and a playoff berth. And the only reason why you didn't win your first ever playoff game as a head coach because of a shanked field goal by Cody Parkey, who was scared to death to kick that ball. Must be the Cowboys against his old team. Um, look, must be the Eagles. Fly Eagles, fly! Right. (laughs) Nagy is already giving his 2019 expectations. Win the Super Bowl with that defense, you can. You can. I mean, because Breeze is getting older, you could definitely compete with the Rams. You beat the Rams. It's it all falls, I think, on Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, and he he has the weapons: Tariq Cohen, Howard. uh, I think it might be good to get another uh, receiver. Oh, of course, of course. Have the depth. Well, they beat the Giants, so that that is true. That, That was one heck of a game, by the way. But no, he, um, he he deserves it. Yeah, he but Chase Daniel played too. That's true. He uh, Matt Nagy but we killed that Bears defense. We did. Matt Nagy put that team ahead of schedule. Of course, of course, they're like a couple years ahead of schedule. Yeah, yep. yeah, which is amazing and great for that fan base. Um, yeah, fun fact about Matt Nagy: I'm pretty sure he was a quarterback. Um, 
not in the NFL. He, uh, well, no, he was on the Eagles practice squad in 09, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Nagy it was the former quarterback in the Arena Football League for the New York Dragons, Dragons in 2002. Yes. yes. Fun fact. That I, year he had 27 touchdowns, five picks. Remember, they used to play their home against the Coliseum. Yes, and I used to go to them. Yes, yeah, so did I. So did I. Yeah, those were some fun times. Arena Football sure. League, come back to us. Um, speaking of next year, um, the Chiefs open up as six to one with six to one odds to win next year's Super Bowl. Um, let's be real, guys. For about ninety percent of the season, the Chiefs were the best team in the AFC before they lost to the Chargers, and then d- debate started to spur with the Chargers, New England. Even the Colts all of a sudden getting on this hot streak. People were picking the Colts to upset Kansas City in the second round, which, I mean, it made sense at the time because the Colts just could not lose. No, yeah. They should have lost to the Giants but well, by one point. Lost to the Jets. Listen, we lost a lot of games by a few points. But no, like Let's the Chiefs, in my opinion, are the best team in football going into next year, even without Kareem Hunt. It, it, maybe if, if they can get an upgrade at running back, and maybe Spencer get an upgrade from Spencer Ware. Maybe if they can somehow. I think they could also use a better number two wide receiver. It's currently who? Chris Conley or Sammy Watkins? Sammy, ooh, is it Watkins? No, no. W- Watkins isn't he on the or Watkins on... is on the Chiefs. Yes, You're right. All right. Yeah. yeah, no, never mind. They're good with that. I mean, Watkins is 25, and then you have Chris Conley as the three, which is good, and then Kelsey. Yeah, the one of the best tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, very good. Just need to upgrade your running back. He's Mahomes' security blanket, Travis Kelsey. He, yes. They love throwing to him. Well, I mean, um, Williams isn't bad, no. but he's not your number one guy. But Williams can emerge. The reason why Hunt emerged was because, you know, of Jamal Charles and injury plague woes with his career. Um, and now Hunt emerged. He's out of the NFL. And then you got Damian Williams now all of a sudden. And Sharkandrick West is still there. You know, you know what I could see. I could see the Patriots just signing Kareem Hunt, just because it's the, the, that, that's a Patriot thing to Don't do. Say that. And and you and and you know that, Don't Tom. That. And 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 you know that that's a Patriot thing to do. And it's coming from a Jeff fan. Yeah, no, it's just a Patriot thing to do. As crazy as that sounded, I have something more crazy. Go ahead. Former Colts punter and NFL analyst Pat McAfee is joining World Wrestling Entertainment. Pat McAfee's going to the WWE, guys. Probably for WrestleMania coming up. Kind of like what Ronda did, just get in and get out. I mean, I, I I guess I guess you could say that, but for my it's probably for something with WrestleMania. Probably have a small storyline, you know. WWE is speaking of storylines, of course. Um, you know, the NFL was sued over the call between the Rams and the Saints by the Saints, I believe. Um, so, you know, the NFL can never get anything right. Which it's kind of funny. The NFL is now the laughing stock of sports. Roger yeah. Goodell's presenting the trophy. He's getting booed at, and Robert Kraft is standing there. Oh gosh, that was so awkward. <laughs> he looked like he had too they many drinks. To Robert Kraft. Yeah, Kraft was too many drinks. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see that. They talked to Kraft, Belichick, and Brady. He was up there long enough. Um, you see them make out. Brady yeah, and Belichick. Yeah, yeah. There was a picture of them uh, yeah. kissing on the lips, which was interesting. It's interesting. I mean, I don't know, but it, it it's something that's just a little interesting. The best part about the post game was probably James Devlin playing with his kids. Um, but on, on that note, uh, we will wrap up the 2018 NFL season 
went over the Super Bowl, went over some awards. Um, top of the hours here. Team of the week. Um, my team of the week is the LIU football team. Uh, they get their first ever FCS signing class. Class of 2023 with going Division One next season. And they sign the top-rated offensive lineman in the Catholic High School Football League. So, look, they're my team of the week because next year you're going up against some schools that have produced some NFL talent. Duquesne, Sacred Heart, Bryant, Wagner. I mean, Central CCSU, Central Connecticut. Um, I feel like LIU has the talent to easily compete with these schools and even beat some of them in their first season. I'm really looking forward to next year um, and the signing class. As an LIU alumni, this is great for the program, great for the university. 31 signees. Great news. Um, Make history, guys. Um, Pretty crazy. Um, Which, you know... And there's also some D1 transfers coming in as well. Fun fact. Really? Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's um, you know, according to the website here, it has been made public on LIUPostPioneers.com. So they're, they're my team of the week. We may have to go to an alumni tent and check out a few games then. Yeah. If that's the case. Yeah. I miss working those games. James, your team of the week. My team of the week, I am going to go with, I don't know what the score is at the moment, but my and Kyle's friend is the Buffalo State College hockey team's equipment manager of them. And before we went live, I texted them, like, you guys play this week or what? what's going on? They were currently in progress. I was trying to get an updated score. Haven't heard back. But I'm giving them the team of the week since they've won a last few games. I think it was week. the last three in a row, I think yeah. he told me, which is yep. okay. cool. Which is cool, yep. My team of the week is going to be the Nevada Wolfpack, number six team in the country, eight-game winning streak. Uh, honestly, I, I've watched this team play. They have two talented guards. I think come tournament time, this team could be a number three seed and really shock some people. Like That's my team to look out for come March. Fair yeah. enough. I think we all made some good picks again, You know, especially with Kansas on the downfall. We'll talk more college yep. basketball later. But um, on that note, we are going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will have a couple of comments on the Giants, and then we're going to talk some college hoops. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Now back to Review and Preview. Welcome back to Review and Preview. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Kyle Earhart and James Montefusco. Guys, this is our first ever broadcast on the wave, replacing our old site, mywcwp.org. Want to call in? 516-299-2030. Same show, same number, just a new website. That's all. Um, You can watch us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. James, thank you for playing that uh, promo that you heard over the break. No problem. It sounded pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So, got to try things out, you know. I know we said we wrapped up NFL, but I just wanted to highlight a final thing. Eli Manning has his first son, Charles Alicia Manning. 
Um, that's why Eli, you know, usually see a couple of shots of him watching the Super Bowl sometimes um, in Super Bowl commercials when he's not playing in it, of course. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, it looks like he's coming back next season. Um, we'll see. Only other news, uh, the Jets fill out their coaching staff. Uh, Kyle, a couple of family trends there on the Jets coaching staff. You want to talk about it quick? Yeah, they uh Greg Williams' son. They got Adam Gay's son, and they also today got the uh, the ex Lions offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter as their new running back coach. Wow! So going into the twenty eighteen or yeah the twenty nineteen season. Nice. We'll see what the Jets could do. Looking forward to it. Um, all right, so let's talk some college basketball, guys. Um, we're going to spend a good amount of time on this tonight. Last week, what really impressed me was well. What really impressed me this week, I should say, after coming off a 30-point loss to Duke, the St. John's Red Storm, they come back, I believe it was Tuesday night, they upset Marquette on the road by one point with the Marcus Howard, Hauser Twins team, Theo John, and him, and they find a way to win. Um, Kyle Earhart, you're a big Red Storms guy, and apparently... uh, we are trying to plan a Big East tournament trip now, yes. all, all, all of a sudden. Yes. Um, I mean, there's not much to say. Sh- Shamori Ponds, 28 points. Simon also had a very good game with 19 points. They, the, the, the key of the game was just shutting down Marcus Howard. If you could shut him down, that's, in my opinion, they have some other good players, but Marcus Howard is their superstar. If you shut him down, you'll find a way to win. That's what the Red Storm did, and they deserve to win. They went on the road into a hostile environment like Marquette and pulled out a win. Beat yeah. it twice this year, too. Um, St. John's has had a very impressive season, for sure. And we'll look to see if they can crack a bid in the NCAA I, tournament. I think right now the the RPI hasn't projected getting an eighth seed. I mean, I know it's projection doesn't mean anything, but so right now the I think they're probably going to get in. Yeah, We'll see. Um, other news in college basketball. On Saturday, the longest scoring output in the shot clock era as the NC State Wolfpack fall to Virginia Tech, the number 12 team in the nation, 47-24. to 24. Oh, my. What happened? Talk about a defensive game. You thought the Super Bowl was a defensive game. Look at that game, Tom. 24 points the whole, the whole game? This was an ACC matchup. You have a guy like Wyatt Walker uh, that – Shooter, I think his name is Devlin or something. Like, Beverly, Beverly. Uh, 0 for 12 from the field. This was bad. Their leading scorer had seven points in C.J. Bryce. And he was 0 for 6 from 3. It was a terrible game. Terrible. Was it a middle school game? Hey, don't make fun of my middle school team. Your high school team. Middle school, high school team. Um, yeah, yeah, this, when I, when I this was before. not good, guys. This was not good. Um, yeah, yikes. Um, not to sidetrack or digress any further, um, Michigan State upset by Indiana on Saturday. Kyle Earhart, uh, is Tom Izzo and his Spartans in trouble? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, come tournament time every year, everyone's like, oh, Michigan State didn't have a good year once again. They always find a way to the Elite Eight, Final Four. Tom Izzo has nothing to worry about. This, his team will be—he will get his team ready for the 
for the March Madness for the sure. The one year they were a two or a three seed, they lost yeah. in round one to that 15 seed. Remember, remember that? Was that to Florida Gulf Coast? Possibly. I, I don't, don't remember, remember who it was. exactly, but. But, you know, I mean, upsets happen every year in the tournament, but Michigan State's usually always there. Them and Michigan, two good teams to look out for. That, ju- that junior guard, I think his name is Winston. He's not bad. Casillas Winston. Uh, he had 26 points on Saturday. He's averaging just under 19 points a game this season. And they really held Indiana really nicely. Uh, you know, I was very impressed with what uh, the Hoosiers were able to do. Um, and then other news, of course, um, Kansas finally getting a win. They beat Texas Tech by 16. And then they ended up losing to unranked interstate rival Kansas State, 74-67. to And then bigger news, Vic uh, no longer on the, on the team. What's going on there? Uh, from, from what I read before is that he has a personal matter back in Memphis where he's from. So uh, his mom told him he had to come home, and which is, a, which is a huge loss for Kansas considering right now they can't buy a win. From anybody, they lost to Texas last week they too. Lost, they lost to Kansas State, who's not that good either. Yeah, I'm so. pretty sure their best player is like who Dean Wade or yeah. something like that. So like th- this is trouble time for Kansas. Kansas is not look good right now, and it's very concerning, very concerning. Yeah, but the one team that does look really good is uh, Duke Blue Devils, right, Tom? I mean, what they beat Notre Dame by like 23, and Tom's still trying to convince me that Notre Dame's going to be good next year when they can't even at home. Their best defender is out with a torn ACL. Oh, and yeah. Their a... other senior transferred to Siena. Well, why would he transfer? Did because he clearly didn't like Notre Dame. No, he finished his undergrad. Oh, that's okay. why. Okay. Um, I mean, when you. Gibbs when... plays better when Pfluger's in the lineup. Mooney is a junior, and he's been their best player this season. But with Durham in and out of the lineup, and their bench is mostly freshmen, if you take away Jogo. That's why I'm saying next year. Next year, I mean, look. There are a lot of good teams in ACC, Tom. Virginia Tech, NC State, Duke's going to reload. We we beat VT in the ACC tournament last year. That was last year, Tom. This is this year. This is the same team from last. I mean, you lost Colson and Farrell. Duke's going to reload again. UNC's always good. Virginia could still play. I don't know. People were saying the same thing when Notre Dame made the Elite Eight two years in a row. Listen, I'm not saying it's impossible, Tom. It's just... You know, unlikely. Look at their five starters next season. Their five starters next season. Gibbs, senior. Fluger, redshirt, senior. Mooney, senior. And then their two other starters. I mean, it's probably going to be Durham, who will also be a senior, a UConn transfer. And then um, Harvey will be a junior. Goodwin, Jogo will be a senior. Uh, a senior. They're going to be much older team. And Nate Lecheski off the bench is a good shooter to have. Dane Goodwin's done an excellent job in filling in for Rex Luger. The only senior they're losing to graduation that's not coming back is uh, former walk-on Liam Nelligan. This team has a shot in the ACC next year. We'll see. Listen, once everybody starts playing together for a decent amount of time, a team like that gets scary. Um, Yeah, they play Georgia Tech at home on Sunday. Hopefully they beat the Yellow Jackets, try to get back on track a little bit, because then they got to go to Virginia. They host Wake Forest, and then they play Virginia Tech, FSU, Louisville, Clemson, and Pittsburgh. Um, And that'll probably wrap up their season, because Notre Dame's not making the tourney this year. No shot. Unless they win the ACC tournament. Good luck with that with Duke in there. Look, anything can happen. Listen, Zion Williams could... 
get, get hurt, hurt you yeah. know. That's the next man up, Barrett will take over. Jack Reddish White. will take over. <laughs> Jack White. He'll, he'll eventually hit a three eventually. <laughs> yeah, Jack, Jack White's back on the bench now because Trey, yep. Trey Jones is back, yep. right? Trey Jones, absolutely amazing defender. You know who's impressed me off the bench? Two guys. De- Delorier and O'Connell. O- O'Connell's really good. I, I, th- next year once once he's just overshadowed. Uh, yeah, exactly. But... Next year, I, he's gonna be a starter for he sure. Is he kind of like, like maybe the maybe the Grayson Allen. Yep, yep. The oh, next Grayson Allen yeah. might fit in. Hopefully, a little better. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, notable upcoming games. Ah, there is a big one tomorrow, guys. And Kyle Earhart knows what I'm talking about. His Duke Blue Devils are gonna play against the Virginia Cavaliers in Virginia too. Mm, that's gonna be this game about two weeks ago was a the great game down in Durham. I'm expecting another great game tomorrow in uh in the capital of Virginia. Do you expect Duke to come away with the win tomorrow? I do. I do expect Duke to win again. Close, that, of course. The, I think that'll be down to the last possession again. Um, other big games tomorrow. Number 19 Wisconsin visits number seven Michigan. Michigan 21 and two. I mean they've dropped off a little bit, but they're still a top 10 team. 10 and two in the Big Ten. Um, you know. Jim Beeline's got his team come tournament time. They're a good team, too. Yep. They made the national championship last year with Mo Wagner. Yep. So, Always a tough team. They've he... produced Tim Hardaway, Trey Burke. They've produced a lot of good players over the last couple of years. Sounds like Nick players or former Nick players. Thanks. <laughs> <sighs> um, oh, a big, big, big East game tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. on Fox in Milwaukee. Villanova, number 14, travels to number 10, Marquette. If your eyes are not glued to that game, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, dude, this is a big game. Mar- Marquette's got a bounce-back game after losing to St. John's midweek. Something tell- tells me Nova is going to win because, guys, they're on a roll. Nova yeah. is on a roll. They're undefeated in Big East play. Can Jay Wright somehow get his team back to the Final Four this season? See, the thing is, no one's talking about Jay Wright. This is arguably one of his best seasons ever. He's lost three starters last year, and look at them now. What they haven't lost in Big East yet? They have five losses. Are you all considering year. Uh, Divincenzo as a starter? Yeah, well, last year he came off the bench. I know, but he averaged what at least fifteen, sixteen points a game. Did he? I, did, he would, in my opinion, he should have been a starter. But they lost three players last year in the NBA draft, and they just reload. Yeah, it, it, it's insane how good of a coach Booth, he's creating. That. And he's in the top Cosby, Pascal, yeah, Pascal, yeah. yeah. He he he's a great coach. Honestly, they're a very good team. Watch out come tournament time. Yep. Uh, number twenty five Cincinnati against number twelve Houston. Now, Kyle, talk about Houston a little bit and what they've been able to do this season. They've kind of flown under the radar, but they've been a pretty much staple in these top twenty five rankings. Oh yeah, and they keep climbing. They only have one loss all year. Uh, they. It's weird because they don't play in a conference where it's you know popular like the other team, the conference Cincinnati, and yeah. they play the I think they play UConn too, who's not very good this year, but it's a local mm-hmm. team. But hey, you know, good for Houston. It's, it's it's good to see teams we don't usually see in the top twenty-five actually be in the top twenty-five like Houston, stuff like that. Now you're sitting there in the top twenty-five. Do you think to come tournament time they'll be eliminated pretty fast? I don't know. But do you think there'll be Possibly. a dark horse that can make it to uh, say the second round? Or... I haven't. I haven't watched much Houston games, so like in my opinion, I, I I don't know what to make of them yet. I've watched one game and they they blew out whoever the heck they played. So mm-hmm. I, I have to watch Houston more. But good team. Uh, the Gators will travel to Tennessee, the number one team in the nation, nine and zero in the SEC. Uh, a must win for Florida. 
um, if they want any type of momentum going into uh, the SEC tournament in about a month, if they want any shot at the NCAA tournament this season, it starts tomorrow against Tennessee. Um, that Tennessee team's so a good. big ACC game, and I really like this matchup tomorrow. Number 16, Louisville, at number 22, Florida State on ESPN2. The Seminoles are a tough team at home, but Louisville is 8-2 and two in ACC. Why is Louisville so good again all of a sudden? They lost all their good players in Montrez Harrell, Scary Terry, Quentin Snyder. Um, you know, those guys graduated. They moved on to the NBA. And now you're looking at this team. Chris Mack is the new head coach. Uh, that's a big part of it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Former Xavier coach. But everybody's saying it's all Mack. It's really not. Look who they have on that team. Sutton, Cunningham, well, Nawara, averaging 18 points a game. I mean, you, you have to give Mack credit considering— Ryan McMahon off the bench, one of the best three-point shooters in the nation. You, you have to give Mack credit for for recruiting these players because— Well, Mack didn't recruit Well, he, some of them. They, they recruited some of them, though. He didn't recruit—obviously not all of them. He recruited some of them. But the guy like, who should still be the head coach of Louisville is Rick, Rick Pitino. He should still be the head coach of Louisville. Well, that's a different story over a different day, but got to give Chris Mack all this credit. He, he took Xavier what two years ago, to or last year to the what, Final Four with Xavier when it, Elite, at, eight. Elite Eight, the Elite Eight. I mean, he's a great coach. You can't take anything away from Chris Mack. Louisville is a type of team that could potentially reach the Elite Eight. Of course, that coach has been there before. We'll see. It all depends on the luck of the draw with this tournament. It's not always the best four teams that make the Final Four. It's kind of like the road you take to get there. Uh, it's not always easy, but I really like Louisville on the road tomorrow to upset the the Seminoles because they're a top 15 team. Soon they're going to jump in the top 10 and come tournament time. Watch out. A three, they, three may, or four seed. they may they yeah. might give Duke a run for their money in that ACC tournament. There's only two teams right now that I could think that you can pencil in into the Final Four that are just above the rest. And that's Duke and Tennessee. Uh, obviously, there can be upsets they can upset, but those are my two teams right now that I, I just head and shoulders above anyone. But I'm ACC tournament. Oh, yeah, I know. Everybody yeah. beats each other up. Of Good course, teams of lose course. All the time. And nobody's talking about UNC either. I mean, they, they, they've been on a roller coaster this season in terms of record and everything in their schedule. Um, and then, Kyle, uh, your game tomorrow, uh, Nevada. Again, another one of your games. Yep. <laughs> your team of the week, Nevada, will be hosting New Mexico. That should be an easy peasy. The Lobos of New Mexico. Easy peasy win. Now, Tom, right now looking at everything, what's the best conference for college basketball? ACC. You think ACC? Hands down, ACC. Yeah, I, I, I agree with ACC. that. ACC. Yeah. What's uh, second best? Do you think Big East, Big Ten? I think the Pac-12 is a joke. It's No, no one's good in the Pac-12 Big anymore. East, second. Yeah. Yeah, that's second. What I think. That's the, what I think. It's a shame because the ACC got a lot of teams from the Big East oh, when yeah. they that's made the merger. And then Notre I'd Dame, say Pitt, the Big Twelve, Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah they lost a lot of them. Yeah, they still got Nova. They still got Xavier, Cincinnati, St. John's. There are some good teams in the well, Big East still. I don't think Cincinnati, but yeah, Cincinnati moved to the American. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. Um. All right. I do have a question for both of you. Sure. Where do you see the biggest upset this weekend? I think... Since there's so many ranked teams playing each other. I think... I think Wisconsin might beat Michigan tomorrow. Ethan Happ, senior, leading this team on the road. Wisconsin's been pretty good in Big Ten play. Michigan's been kind of eh as of late. I had high hopes for them earlier this season. That might be a potential upset tomorrow. 
I don't know if you consider it upset, but I see Villanova going to Marquette and beating Marquette. Yeah, I know it's a seeds are upset, but I, I Villanova for me. And then um, on paper, Kansas should beat Oklahoma State tomorrow. But honestly, like who you, knows you don't even know at this point. Um, yeah, and then maybe TCU over Iowa State. We didn't really talk about that. Or Auburn over LSU. There's a lot of good games being played tomorrow, for sure. And and you didn't talk about Monday, but and, and yeah. if Virginia loses tomorrow, they have to bounce back and face UNC, which on Monday, which is not an easy task and in itself. And they got to face Notre Dame. Exactly. I mean that's easy. But uh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> some fighting words going on here. Yeah, but got to bounce back on Monday to face UNC. Mike which, Bray is yeah. a very underrated coach. To be fair, he is a great coach. Silence. (laughs) He is a great coach. They should have beat Kentucky that year. They had Kentucky beat, the team that nobody could beat. Um, All right. So on that note, um, we're going to step aside for our final break of the evening. And then when we come back, we're going to talk some late great NBA trades and start to preview these all-star teams. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Review and Preview. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside James Montefusco and Kyle Earhart. It is time for our final segment of the evening, but this will take us through the final 35 minutes of the show. We're going to split it up into two parts. First, we're going to highlight the NBA trade deadline, what's been buzzing over the past couple of days, and then we will preview the All-Star Weekend shenanigans, festivities, whatever you want to call it. Why not, right? Um, James. Yes. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. My first question is to yes. you. The Knicks traded Kristaps Porzingis to the Dallas Mavericks, along with Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey Burke, Courtney Lee, in exchange for Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, and I think they got a draft pick or something for 2021. Two picks. Two picks. Two picks, yes. Uh what do you think of Porzingis leaving New York, man? You know, I I think it was time for him. To be honest, I uh, I he wasn't getting the help around him that I felt that the Knicks should have been giving him. He, he he's a big man. Uh, he also hasn't played in a year. That that's also true, and that that's also concerning for uh, the Knicks. That you know you're in the world famous arena. Um, I do think that maybe it's uh, upside for the Knicks. Maybe like all right, let's kind of clean slate this as we were talking last night i think we were saying they're the youngest um they have the youngest players on the field on the court um so i feel like that they were just you know trying to get rid of not the older guys um and then just getting the newer guy younger guys in and probably looking for more of the free agents at the end of the season where they could draw to and be like all right poor zignis is out if you want to come to the Knicks, this could be your team. Who do you want? How do you want to build it? Kind of thing. In my eyes, that's I, I couldn't agree with them more. I think that's what the Knicks are trying to do. They're trying to tank, trying to lose the rest of the season. Uh, trading Porzingis away for me was a good thing. Uh, to max free agents because at the end of the year, or the, uh, you got to give. There's always a team that's going to ma- uh, put a max offer onto Porzingis, and you don't want a max offer for 
a guy who's been injured for a whole year. You don't want to get out of him the next year. So that I, I agree with this deal. The only concerning part I have is for the Mavericks. He hasn't played in about a year, KP. And they're already talking about giving him this extension. Yes. Yep. And you haven't seen him play. Like, yes, he's a good player when healthy, but you haven't seen him play in over a year. How are you supposed to gauge his playing style and giving him a big contract? Well, to be fair, Dallas loves their European players because realistically their whole roster is European except for a couple of guys that the Knicks just traded them. You look at you look at their roster. Costas Antetokounmpo, European. J.J. Barea, overseas. Doncic, European. Cleaver. Dirk. Dirk. And Porzingis. Yeah. A lot of Europeans on the team. Um, he should probably be Team Europe instead of the T uh, Mavericks. You know? Yeah, you know. Uh, Rick, Car- <laughs> Rick Carlisle likes doing that. Uh, do you think it was just so ironic? I mean, I heard you guys talking about this on the show last week, but the Knicks played the Mavericks the night before the trade happened at the Garden, and Porzingis and Dirk. Do you think Porzingis had any knowledge yes. that this might be happening? Yep, do you 100%. Think, do you think the Knicks knew? Well, I mean... I think the Knicks told. I think Porzingis told the Knicks the day before that he wasn't happy. He wants to be traded, but the Knicks made it sound like, oh, he just wasn't happy. I I think they tra- didn't want KP to look like the bad guy in the whole thing, but in the end, he still looks like a bad guy. I think the Knicks uh, front office is corrupt. There is so much dysfunction within the New York Knicks organization. You look at their division. The other four teams in that division are argue arguably right now. At this very moment, the four best teams in the Eastern Conference, despite the Pacers' four-game winning streak without Oladipo. Yeah. I think those are the four best teams in the East right now because you look, Boston, Philly, Toronto, Brooklyn, and then there's the Knicks. Yeah. you got to play these teams more than anybody else every season. But if you get Kevin Durant or, or Kemba Walker, you can put your te- you put your team right in that mix with the top three pick. If you're in a good mental state of mind, who would want to play for the Knicks? Who would actually want to play for this pitiful well, franchise? Uh, what do you mean? Who, who wouldn't want to play? Kemba Walker grew up in Brooklyn. Why wouldn't he want to play? They've always been a Knicks fan. I brought this up last week, Tom. Because of the ownership, not because of the... Oh, I, I agree. The ownership is terrible. You take, Dolan you, you, is terrible. You take the ownership out of it? Oh, I'd love to go to the Knicks. Exactly. But, you know... But, I mean, you know, when you're losing to the Pistons 71-56 to 56, when the third <laughs> quarter just started, you give up 71 points to the Pistons in, like, two quarters. Yeah, but they're tanking, Tom. This is what you want. I know from a, a free agent standpoint... It doesn't this look attractive. This is not what you want to see, yeah. yeah. But, when you, but money talks, Tom. At the end of the day, money talks. And from what it sounds like, Durant, obviously early in the week, and about an interview, which was very questionable how he brought up the Knicks trade when he wasn't even asked about it, uh, which was very strange. And Kyrie obviously saying stuff that he said earlier in the week or last week. I don't know. I, uh, I feel like the Knicks could get, could get these guys. I'm looking forward to the future for the Knicks at the point guard position because I think Dennis Smith is the future so starting point guard right now. Yeah, he, he has 21 points. And he's the third great. Quarter just started. I, I I think he was so. I think the Knicks were so happy to get him in the deal because they because they should have drafted him. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> that's a different story. They Don't tell me that. Have, <laughs> oh, they 100 percent should have drafted him. But. My question to you is this. Can Nidalekina and Smith play together? No. 
I think they're going to have to learn how to play together. If you're on the same team, you know, you may not, you know, the, your playing styles may be different, but you're going to have to learn to play with one another. My, the, the only thing I have the problem with with the Porzingis trade was that when Frank Nilakina and Porzingis were on the same floor together, they, they created something that was really good because they were both really good players. And now that Neil, that Porzingis is gone, Neil Kina, like, it's not that good of a player. I know he's young, he's nine twenty, but like, well, he doesn't have his, he doesn't have somebody to compliment him on the other side. I, I just don't think Neil Kina was a good draft pick for the Knicks. It, it was think. not a good draft pick, and they're trying to make him a two guard now. And realistically, um, Neil Kina was apparently almost traded at the deadline, and the, and the Knicks didn't want to trade him. They're like, no, we're not trading Frank. Hmm. I understand the kid's twenty years old, and he he still needs a lot of time to develop. But look, with no more deals, the Frank and Dennis show will soon appear following the All Star break. It's more and Kevin Frank Knox cannot wait. It's more it's more Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith show to be honest. Frank Nilkina doesn't score. He's not that good. He's an excellent defender. He is. He is. But how much recognition does that get in the NBA from now on? Like, not much. You don't really talk about oh, was, oh. The, I think Nedeljkovic is the last guy that needs to go. I understand he's young, but they shouldn't have drafted him. He doesn't fit the organization. We're not saying he's a bad player. We're just saying he doesn't fit yeah. the Knicks. Unless they want to use him for bait. Oh, the the, the, the problem know. is though, like, what <laughs> what, what team's going to want Nedeljkovic? Yeah. Because what the Magic yeah. were interested in him, but like, yeah. what are you going to get back? Right. What, a second round pick? I mean, you drafted him in the first round. So, it's not worth it. The Knicks stay quiet at yeah. the deadline. Oh. Um, Brooklyn, well, however, um, they didn't really do much either. I mean, they don't really they have don't to. Really have to do. They build their team during and, the off season, and and they got Karis LeVert back tonight. Also, because their is, ownership is huh? much improved, and they actually, you know, have a shot at doing some stuff this year. Yeah. Um, they beat the Nuggets Wednesday night. I think they're on right now. Now Tom. They too. are currently playing the Chicago Bulls. They trail forty-seven forty-six in the third quarter. Um, D'Angelo Russell leads Brooklyn with thirteen points. D'Angelo Russell was named an All Star this season, and you have Jared Allen now in his second year. Uh, Joe Harris starting to emerge. He'll be in the three-point shootout. You know, you got a veteran in Damari Carroll, of course. Uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, a good, uh, scrappy young player. Karis LeVert is Comes back. back in three months, which is a huge, huge lift for this team. And then you got Dinwiddie, who's out of the lineup, which is a big blow to them. You get LeVert back and yep. you lose Dinwiddie, but you brought in some good free agents to fill in your bench with Ed Davis and Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier, definitely. And then Crab, of course, former Portland Trailblazer as well, who's been with the team for about two years now. Um, I think Brooklyn is definitely headed towards the playoffs. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. What what seed do you think, Tom? Like a five, six seed, maybe seven seed? At max, Brooklyn gets the five. Um, and they face off against the Pacers, you would think? or I would like to see a three, six series between the Nets and the Pacers. That would be fun. And then the Nets upset the Pacers. Yeah, right? And then they get destroyed by, like, Toronto or <laughs> Milwaukee. Or but, look, right now the Pacers are the three seed. Will it stick? I don't think so. I think the Pacers are going to drop. Uh, the look, the top four is 
in no chronological order here, Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Philly. That's your top four this year. Yeah, yeah. That's your top four. Everybody laughed at me this season when it, when I said Milwaukee has a legitimate shot this season. And I forget who it was. It, it might have been Kyle Russo or Dawes or somebody. They're like, no. If it was Kyle Russo, no. for sure. No, Milwaukee is a five or a six, and they're going to go out in the first round. Do you not realize that they currently have the best player in the Eastern Conference in Giannis Antetokounmpo? You could even make the case he's MVP, or, or right now he could be the big case for that. Definitely. Well, they were chanting MVP the other night when they beat the Wizards by like twenty points. What's the Wizards? Points. Wizards lost John Wall for the rest of the season, yeah. which hurts. Um. All right, so uh, we talked about Brooklyn. Speaking of trades, uh, the Philadelphia Sixers, 76ers, they won this deadline. Yep. They they yes. really did win. They received Toby and Bobby. <laughs> Would you like to clarify? Tobias Harris and Boban. Marjanovic. Marjanovic. I can't say that. In addition to Mike Scott, how, <laughs> ha- however, you did give up some quality role players on this team. They traded away two my honest opinion, you traded away your two best bench players in Landry Shamit and Mike Muscala. As good as TJ McConnell is off the bench, if, you, if you're looking at scoring and shooting, Muscala can score the rock off the bench. And, and don't forget that, a, fr- a first-round pick, too, which is always yeah. key. In 2020, this, yeah. the, For me, the Sixers are all in. They all traded right. away their 2020 first-round pick. Yeah. Um, the Miami's 2021 first-round pick. first-round pick. Their second-round pick. and Philly's. 2021 second round pick. So, yes. and finally Philly's 2023 second round pick. That's four draft picks right there. To the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. Who are who are rebuilding right now as we speak? So obviously racking up all the draft picks. And then also the Magic acquire Markel Fultz for Jonathan Simmons. Which is an interesting trade, considering they traded Fultz, considering they drafted him what first round well, a couple Fultz years ago. Fultz didn't even play in the playoff series last year, and people are calling from the play. I'm sorry. Look. You guys know how I am about rookies. Yeah. Yes. You guys, we, we yes. spoke about it on the phone last yeah. night mm-hmm. for two hours. Which is terrible. I, I don't agree with this, but. But, but, hear, hear, hear me out. TJ McConnell is a better basketball player than Markel Fultz. I mean, I guess you can make that case, but I, it's just like. Tr- it makes sense because McConnell is from Pennsylvania. He's from Pittsburgh, even though he went to school out in Arizona. He's back mm-hmm. home, close to home in Philly. Yeah. You know, east west ends of the state. He's but still in his McConnell state. is that backup point guard. TJ McConnell is their backup point guard. I think he's a great player. The fact that the Sixers traded Markel Fultz is great because he didn't really fit the team. You know, Ben Simmons is 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 he is your point guard and McConnell's your backup. It doesn't make sense. And then you look the starting lineup for the Sixers right now. What is it? It's Redick, Simmons, Butler, Harris, Embiid, Embiid. And then your bench, you got McConnell, Boban, Scott, and I, I forget but, who else they have. But for me, you drafted number one overall, and like, what you traded your number one overall pick because he was a bust. Like that's just terrible drafting, in my opinion. That's like that's like wasting your number one overall pick. That's a terrible draft. Yes, that, that, yeah. that, that's yes. how I look at it. That, yeah. that, that's what how I look at it. But that's how I look at it too. Yeah, you know, a terrible draft could, unfortunately be beneficial in some ways um to yeah. you know to to be like all right we thought this kid was good what where where do we need to improve as an organization you're not wrong they could have drafted jason tatum 
They didn't draft him. They, they could have drafted Darian they, Fox. They bypassed him as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a, it's just terrible drafting, in my yeah. opinion. Um, another big move. Uh, Harrison Barnes was dealt from the Dallas Mavericks to the Sacramento Kings in exchange for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson. And this happened mid-game. Barnes is sitting on the bench and gets removed from the game. Guys, what are your th- Kyle, what are your thoughts on this? Like, what happened? Like, why does this stuff happen? I, I, I I'm mean, not saying I feel bad for no, him. But, I, I think it's ridiculous how you can trade players mid-game. It's just, like, the same thing with the Mets with Wilmer Flores a couple years ago. It's just ridiculous how you can trade players in the middle of the game, especially when they're playing the, the, the opposing team on, on, the, on the other side of the floor. I, should, I, I just find that ridiculous. That yeah. makes it awkward. It, it I does. Mean, it, because you pack your stuff up, so are you supposed to leave with your stuff or are you supposed to go with your new team? I I, I feel like they should definitely change that um, just for a player standpoint and a fa- for a fan standpoint. Yeah. Be, you know, and a lot of these, a lot of fans do bet on games and do bet on these players making a certain amount of points. So you take them out and then all of a sudden it's like, what? What? Did he get injured? Look, I don't I don't disagree with that statement, James, but realistically at this point in time, uh they just didn't see Barnes as part of the future of the team. Yeah. You know, they brought in Porzingis. It's the Porzingis and Doncic show now and Tim Hardaway. That's their big three. Barnes is not a part of that anymore. That's what they're thinking. Yeah, unfortunately. Realistically, they're not thinking, Oh, let's get into the playoffs this year. They're thinking, Oh, let's be better for next year and try to work with what we have now to sneak in, even though we're probably not going to. Because I mean, the West is super stacked. They're, they're probably better off losing. Just, just so they get a better draft pick to, to, to be better, better than to. next Who's year. Who's their starting center right now? Oof. I wouldn't be surprised if they just went out and signed Canther. For me, I think Can, I think Canther's going to go to a, uh, to a playoff team. Like Canter is leaving. He's gone. I can, they're going to buy well, him out. Well, well, they already did. They, yeah. they released him. And all I can see, I can see Ennis Canter going to L.A. Because you know him. He loves the big spotlight. It's just what the LA Lakers want to do. He, I think he'd work perfect in LA because they need to score more. Clearly, got blown out by the Pacers <laughs> the other night. Lost by forty-one. Looked like heartless on the floor. Um. Yeah. No. It was kind of sad to see Barnes go, but because the Mavericks signed them to a big deal a couple off seasons ago. Um, and then also the Clippers acquire Michael Beasley and Zubak, surprisingly, from the Lakers for Mike Muscala. Scala was traded twice from Philly to the Clippers, and then you trade places to the other side of the locker room to the Lakers. Uh, Zubak and Beasley trade places to the other side of the locker room. Yeah, a locker room trade. Interesting. That, that, that's what I like to call this one. Um, the Lakers get Mescal. That's a much-needed body off the bench off for the, bench. For, for yes. the Lakers. Yep. Uh, I think that's somebody that can back up JaVale McGee you don't got to worry about giving Tyson Chandler too many minutes anymore, which is good because at this point in his career, uh, Mescal is better than Chandler. And speak about the Lakers, there's rumor that they're going to probably sign Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I heard that too. I, I, stop. I mean, no, no, no. Stop. I'm being serious. No, no. I, I heard that too, I, Tom. I'm being serious. It's all an act. It's all LeBron. That's what it is. It's LeBron. I'm pretty sure it, Magic runs that organization. Is it okay. the LeBron effect? Would you say? That he he attracts. Well, it, it, it's not like he attracts. LeBron tries to be a GM, but LeBron's a player. Like he like he like what he did with the Cavs. Like what, last year, how he made all those trades. He come on, he told the Cavs organization, the GM to trade all these guys. Yeah, 
Yeah, but they, they, there has to, somebody needs to make a fine line with them. Be like, you're a player, not front office. You play. Yeah. Well, that's not what LeBron does. LeBron will leave if he doesn't want that. Well, that's the problem yep. because the NBA is made up of a bunch of divas that just get what they want. I that's agree the with that. Problem with the NBA. That's why I don't like NBA as much. Porzingis, yeah. diva. LeBron, diva. diva. Definitely. Anthony. Kyrie. Anthony Davis, diva. Irving. Actually, I don't know about Anthony Davis. Actually. Kyrie, KD. I mean, look at oh KD's interview the other oh, night, dirt. dude. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> exhibit A right there. Draymond Green, Steph Curry, they're all awful. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Steph Curry anymore. He he just, I, I really liked him at the beginning of his career, but now he's just, he's somewhat full of himself. I love Clay Thompson, but Steph Curry, I, I'm starting to mix opinions on him. Well, when the light get, you know, when you get all the fame oh, he's and the glory. he's the best shooter of all time. Oh, Steph yeah, no, Curry. 100%. But when maybe, you maybe Zion can shoot like it one day, right? Maybe, yeah. Let's <laughs> get carried away with Zion, guys. Hey, oh, God, listen. I had to bring up what James said last week. You did. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. I like it. It was good. Oh man, you got to laugh, you know. Other news: um, the Raptors acquire Mark Gasol from the Grizzlies for Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, C.J. Miles, and a 2024 uh, second-round pick. And the Grizzlies also get Avery Bradley. From, from the Clippers. Clippers for Garrett Temple and J. Michael Green. So, you know, a lot of trades here. And the biggest news is Marcus Gasol headed to Toronto. Guys, the Grizzlies will retire Marcus Gasol's jersey, number 33. Marcus Gasol played with the Grizzlies from 2008 to 2019. He was drafted by the Lakers in 2007. Marcus Gasol, class act. Um, Good player too. Thirty-four years old. He still got time. Yeah, he does. He, he still has a lot of time. I think he can help the Toronto team out. I could. He. I think he can be a solid player for Toronto yeah. for the next yeah. three to four years. Well, they worry about this season first. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, look. I love Ibaka and Siakam, but Gasol is an upgrade. Oh, he is because yeah. he can yeah. he can he can shoot the three. So now the, who who who's their starting five? It's Larry. Leonard, Danny Green, Leonard, Leonard, Siakam, and would you say Gasol? Would you say Gasol, or would you put a have Gasol Ibaka? come off the bench? Yeah, would you put him off the bench? Well, and... I, I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So maybe keep your starting lineup that you got now and have Gasol come off the bench with Van Vliet, Ooh, yeah. Wichita State. Product. That second unit, shocker, the shockers of Wichita State. Yeah, uh, you know that's kind of sad though. Marcus Gasol leaving Memphis. That franchise is in cahoots right now. But. Um, Tom, you love this Bucks trade. Why don't you uh, tell us about it? You love the this real trade. trade better than the Tobias Harris trade, in my opinion. Ooh. The Milwaukee Bucks acquire Nikola Miritich from the New Orleans Pelicans um, in exchange for Jason Smith, who returns to the Pelicans, uh, Stanley Johnson, and four second round picks. Of course, Anthony Davis stays put in New Orleans, but the Bucks get Miritich. Love it. Love it. And the Bucks get rid of a couple of bench players that they barely used in Jason Smith. Uh, but Stanley Johnson was acquired by them earlier in the week from Detroit, and then now he's headed to um, the Pelicans. I think Nikola Miritich will come off the bench because right now that the Bucks starting lineup is set. It's Bledsoe, Brockton, Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez. I mean, you're not putting Lopez on the bench, or nope. you're not putting Brogdon on the bench. So it makes sense. Your bench right now, if you're in Milwaukee, look at this bench. George Hill, mm-hmm. Tony Snell, Nicole Miritich, Ursan Ilyasova, Pat Connaughton. Tom loves his team. Sterling Brown. 
DiVincenzo won't see the floor again this season. <laughs> Go back to Villanova to play in an, another tournament, if you wish. Nikola Mirotic, 27 years old. He's an excellent scorer. Averages just under 17 points a game. Mm. Off your bench. Bench. Did I say bench? He's coming off the bench. You did say bench. <laughs> Guys, this is good. Yeah. This really is good because now, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. You don't know who's coming out of the Eastern Conference. It can be any of those four teams. Let's pick it right now. Pick it. Right, right, right now. <laughs> who's who, who's coming out? Let's go. Who, who right now is in your finals facing the Warriors? You think it's the Warriors again? Warriors or the Lakers? Bucks. He's, okay, you say Bucks, James? I'm going to go with him too. I would I would have picked Boston, but Hay- Hayward has not come into form, and I think that's going to be. Key. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia 76. Ew. Just just because Ew. I was going to say Bucks, but you two said Bucks, so I have to be different. Now, why aren't you no, saying Boston? Is it because of the Irving? I just think or? if we're comparing starting fives, I just think the Sixers starting five is just so good. It's just yeah. it, uh, everywhere with with Butler, with Embiid, with Simmons. With the, with with adding, it's a fair point. Yeah. Um, also, this just happened today. Um, yesterday, excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets acquired Greg Monroe from the Toronto Raptors and a 2021 second round pick for just future considerations. That's it. Yep. So, add Greg Monroe to the bench. That's pretty good. And then. The big, uh, obviously, um, the the Trailblazers trading um, Nick Stauskas and Caleb Swanigan. Um, there was, I mean, there was a lot of weird trades. Uh, the The Suns traded away Ryan Anderson for Tyler Johnson nope. and Wayne Ellington from Miami. Um, the Sixers also ended up getting Malachi Richardson, I think. Um, and then I'm trying to see the original. The Lakers got Randy Bullock. So the original trade, and I really like what Portland did too. They upgraded their bench a little bit. They got Rodney Hood in exchange for Nick Stauskas, Wayne Baldwin, and a 2021 and 2023 second round pick. That was a good trade. And then it was crazy because um, then the Bucks traded away Thon Maker this week. And then back to the um, the Stauskas trade. There was a three-team trade now between the Rockets, Cavs, and Kings. And the Rockets got Stauskas, Shumpert, and Wayne Baldwin. And then the Cavaliers ended up getting Brandon Knight. All right. Um, well, the Cavs still right now are trying to tank just as bad as the Knicks are. So. Yeah. And then, um, of course, I'm trying to figure out where Stauskas ended up at the end of this week because it's just so much confusion because then um, – Swanigan ended up in Sacramento. Where did Stauskas end up? I think he ended up in, uh, I want to say Cleveland. Yeah. Poor Nick Stauskas. Wow. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Pacers. That's actually, hold on. Man, this, this tracker is actually really weird because they have the trades in different orders from the days that it happened. So let me finalize that for you. Yep, Nick Staskis is an Indiana Pacer along with Wade Baldwin the fourth. And of course, the trade that we did not bring up yet, um, Otto Porter acquired by the Chicago Bulls. Pretty good trade, I think. Um, well, why are the Bulls trying to make some deals, man? I'd... Play with Markkanen and Zach Levine? 
Yeah, but what do you think? Yeah, but you want to, don't you want to lose also to get better draft? Well, pick? they mean, got Otto Porter in exchange. Otto Porter is just twenty five years old. They got him in exchange for Bobby Portis, and um, trying to figure out who else was a part of that trade. I know it was Bobby Portis was a part of it, and I want to say I think they got rid of Justin Holiday too. Um, yeah, no, but the Bulls getting Otto Porter is big. Um, James, what was your biggest takeaway from the trade deadline? Um, the biggest trade I would say would probably be the KP move. Um, in my eyes, I mean it. I'd agree. It, it makes sense that you know the Knicks needed to trade him, um, but from what happened on the court at the end of that Dallas, at the end of the Mavericks and Knicks game, was a little surprising when I, uh, one of the parties says, "Oh no, he's staying or he's not going." Um, so I would say that's the biggest trade, especially now leaving New York with a pretty young starting lineup. Here's the official Otto Porter trade. The Bulls got Otto Porter for Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker. That's right. And a 2023 second round pick. So, you know, I mean, you, you gave up Parker and Portis, two quality players on that team. But. I, remember, I remember when people compared in college Jabari Parker to LeBron James and look how Jabari Parker has been now he's been a role player at best yeah. Kyle your biggest takeaway from the deadline uh, I mean the Eastern Conference clearly made a lot of moves if we didn't or didn't touch on it I mean <laughs> with the adding of Tobias Harris to, to the Sixers to Gasol heading to the up up north to Toronto I mean clearly the East is trying to somehow maybe beat the Warriors in the West or every team is just and he just wants to get in. I want to have the edge over the other, you know? Trying to find the way, right? Yeah. Um, quick reminder, uh, we'd like to thank you all so far tonight for listening and watching on liuwave.org. Seven minutes to go on the show. Um, the Knicks release Ennis Cantor, and they are still the richest franchise worth $4 billion. Which is insane, <laughs> considering they have, what, 10 wins? Yeah. <laughs> well, they make the money off the Garden. But how do they sell out when you have 10 wins? Oh, because goodness. people go to see the Garden. Currently tied with the Pistons right now in the third quarter at 80. No, we can't win. All. Stop. No. <laughs> T- take out Smith, the please. can't win. Yeah, exactly. You can win all you want. The Knicks can't. <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr., 30 points. Take Dennis, him out, please. <laughs> 13 from the free throw line. Um, Mario Hazonia has been pretty good as well off the bench. So Kevin Knox, not so much tonight. Yeah, you know you're trying to lose when Domaine Dotson is your starting two guard. I, I Perfect. Don't, I don't like Dotson. Just kidding, guys. I think I we could start on the Knicks. Uh, no, I'm terrible. I played in my coach's league uh, the other uh, last week. Did not play well. I'm not a basketball player. Yeah. Tom, this maybe. Kind of reverse right now. The Bulls are beating the Nets by double digits, and the Knicks are, man. I mean, the big game, of course, is the Nuggets at the Sixers tonight. That, yep. That's yes. a huge game. ESPN? Yes. Um the real storyline is Jokic, 20 points, six boards, two steals, and then Jamal Murray leading that team at point. Malik Beasley, Will Barton, Mason Plumley. Man, they've been good. They really have been good. Um, let's start on the All-Star game, right, Tom? Yeah. Let's, you excited uh, for it? Let's get to it. I am excited. Me too. I'm very excited. We will be watching this together next Saturday night. The. Yeah. Yeah. What's that, the skills competition? Yes, yeah, skills we'll competition. We'll be watching the All-Star yeah. game, the skills, skills competition, competition. Yeah. rising yes. stars, the three-point shootout, yep. the, the dunk contest. And, yeah, 
We will review and preview. We'll have a all-star weekend showdown gathering. So that should be pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. And um, LeBron will be taking on Giannis's team. LeBron's team versus Giannis's team. Uh, the draft was, I believe it was Wednesday. No, it was last night, though. Was it last night? Yes. Um, so for Team LeBron, we have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden, and Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson. Look, fun fact about LeBron's team, Mike Dawes brought this up via text message this morning. They're all free agents next season. Tampering. That's Is this why you, an audition to play with LeBron? That's why Giannis said uh, like, LeBron was tampering. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's very likely um, LeBron really is trying to recruit people to L.A. maybe by doing this. Um, let's see. I mean, so LeBron, Durant, Irving, Leonard, Hart. This team doesn't even compare to what Giannis. I mean, th- th- this team, I'm sorry, Giannis's team doesn't even compare to what this team and LeBron's has. Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, Cat, Beal. And Dwayne Wade, of course, that was added by Silver. Team Giannis, of course, Dirk Nowitzki, added by Silver. He went to Team Giannis. Um, Giannis has Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, Paul George, Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, Nikola Jokic, Ben Simmons, Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, Nikola Vukovic, Kyle Lowry, Dirk. Yeah, the talent is not there compared to what LeBron has. When I was, uh, when I saw this earlier... I was uh, doing some looking up, and uh, I was like, is this actually going to be an actual game, or is this just going to be a blowout? You know, I was going to ask, how, like, know, like, what does the winning team score? Wait, 200 points, you think, Tom? Usually, Possibly? yeah. It's going to be a shootout, I'm like, sure. But 200 team, to 180? <laughs> team LeBron has this in the bag, guys. No, I... I on, on, on paper. Yes, yes, on paper. We like to say on paper a lot, but... <laughs> I I just don't understand. Like, wow, who, <laughs> how? Just how does one team get so stacked? Well, Giannis clearly uh, he wasn't a good drafter. Um, well, who yeah. knows? He he can win. You know, if Curry shots on, you know, Curry's very lethal from three. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll make our um, picks for the skills competitions next week. But just to preview them, uh, we'll go over a couple. The dunk contest, Dennis Smith Jr. We've got Collins as well from Atlanta. Miles Bridges. And Hamadou Diallo from the Thunder Skills Competition. Luka Doncic is in this. You better watch, guys. Uh, Mike Conley, De'Aaron Fox, Nikola Jokic, Kyle Kuzma, Tatum, Vukovic, Trey Young. Three-point shootout is always my favorite I'm so competition. Excited. I'm always excited for this. Devin Booker, Kemba Walker, Dirk Nowitzki, Chris Middleton, Damian Lillard, Buddy Heald, Joe Harris from Brooklyn, Danny Green, and Steph and Seth Curry. Love it. I think Steph's only gonna miss like one or two, and he's gonna win it. It's gonna be a good rival. Oh yeah, he's he's just God. Um, and as of late, guys, James Harden, who's gonna be on Team LeBron, he's been playing great. His thirty-point streak extends to twenty-eight games. He's been carrying that team on his back. Yeah, he's been averaging over forty points in the last ten games. Harden has been unstoppable. Nine and one, I think. Uh, but we're still saying, a lot of people are still saying Giannis gets MVP. Is that true? or I think I'm swayed to James Harden now. I mean, look what I just don't doing. like the way he plays. It's all about him. You I know? mean, well, uh, who else has on that team, Tom? Yeah. That's, you know, it, Chris Paul's out, which clearly is a big loss for that team. But he's always hurt, it seems like. But look what a 30-point streak in 28 games, Tom? Yeah. Um, it's been a good week in basketball for sure. You got the return of Kevin Love tonight for the Cavs, the return of Karis LeVert for Brooklyn, and last night, the big game, Lakers beat Boston by one point. Rajon Rondo hits the game-winning mid-range floater against his former team, fadeaway jumper, I should say, 
good for Rondo. Um, and Boston loses to the Lakers. You know, LeBron and his guys were happy. Brad Stevens and his crew, not so much. But any final thoughts? Our first show on the wave, guys. I'm excited for the new beginning. Yeah. A new chapter. New chapter, for sure. Um, Guys, stay tuned. We may have some news for you next week on a potential time change for the show in the future, so stay tuned for that. Um, On that note, on behalf of Kyle Earhart and James Montefusco, I'm Tom Scavetta wishing you all a good evening, and we'd like to thank you all for listening to us tonight on liewave.org. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good night, everyone.